All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Roll Film. And it is sci-fi month. Sci-fi March, if you will. I know it doesn't really roll off the tongue, but hey, who who needs it to roll off the tongue if you wanted to have some sci-fi time by die? I don't know what to do. It doesn't really work that well, but this is a very special episode of Roll Film. We have C. Thane Dixon here with us, and he actually has an upcoming podcast that's about to drop, or by the time this release, I don't know if it'll be dropped, whatever. After you listen to this episode, I want you to drop everything and listen. Thank you so much for coming today, Mr. Dixon. Oh, it's great to be here. You know, I'm very fortunate to be here because I was almost clubbed to death today. Whoa. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but C. Thane is actually a baby seal, so that is really (laughs) impressive. That I just thought he was attacked by a bunch of club sandwiches, but man, oh that's like weird. God, too. I thought I couldn't be out dad joked. And then there's Greg. You have been a dad longer than me, though, Greg. So you do have that. You want to tell us about the clubbing before your new podcast? What happened? That was a joke. Club to death is one of the songs in The Matrix. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> Dude, it's been so long. I have that soundtrack on CD, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, that even made both of our dad jokes even better than his dad joke because we were so oblivious to the Dude, dad he crushed it. it. You win. I, I used to have a sound <laughs> card that had, like, applauses, but it didn't always come through. So you're just going to have to take my word for it that I'm applauding you up in my mind. But wonderful wonderful he's he's certainly welcomed here can you tell us a little bit about your podcast well my podcast is entitled the what a character it's the podcast dedicated to character actors each week i sit down with a legendary hollywood character actor talk about their life as an actor about the roles they've played and about the hardships that have come with their successful careers it's really a show that you know pays honor to the actors that don't really get all the media attention or all the paparazzi attention because you know they're not the leading man you know, the thing about character actors is that they've always the audience with a lasting impression, despite the fact not being big stars. The show basically just explores, you know, the great roles they've played and, you know, the work they've put into it and, and also their craft as an actor and, and the work they've done throughout the years. Right. They're always known as that guy from that one thing or that guy from those mm-hmm. five things. But I think that was actually a documentary I watched on character actors years ago, that guy from that one thing. But yeah. <laughs> well, who are some of the actors you interviewed? So far, I've interviewed Lance Henriksen, Jake Busey, late great Philip Baker Hall, Kathleen Wilhoyt, you know, the, the list goes on. But the, it's a great show if, if you're a big film geek and you want to hear like behind the scenes stories about your favorite movies. And also you'll hear a lot of stories that you've never heard anywhere else. What a great bunch of people who have prolific careers. That is super cool. I'm, I'm real excited about it. I can't wait to listen. And thanks so much for joining us today. No, it's no problem. So for today's episode of Roll Film, we decided to review one of the best sci-fi movies of all time, in my humble opinion, humble and correct opinion. We decided to do The Matrix, so we're going to kick it on over to Greg for The Matrix numbers. And I don't just mean the green numbers going up and down the screen, Greg. The code. The Matrix code. Remember that was like everybody's big deal in 2000 to have that as their wallpaper on their Yes. Like, <laughs> fucking hilarious. We were so fucking cool, guys. Oh, man. We had our sunglasses on. Oh, man. <laughs> this movie really did, like, kick it off for the rimless sunglasses. <laughs> and, like, that whole look is fucking hilarious. I loved going back down the rabbit hole, pun intended, of this movie. Because nice. it has been a long time since I've actually seen it. Now, The Matrix 
came out in the year 1999, which is insane to me. Seems like this movie came out not that long ago, and sure enough, I was nine years old when it was released. Like, that's fucking crazy, considering I'm 32 now, but... Anyway, sorry. It's rated R, which I was also shocked at. Probably naked <laughs> naked Keanu Reeves in a tub of goo, but who knows. And it is got a runtime of two hours and 16 minutes. Now, this is not my writing of the synopsis, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's, it's just short. But when a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker Neo to a forbidding underworld... He discovers the shocking truth, the life he knows is an elaborate deception of the evil cyber intelligence. You know, that's a very simple simplification, but I was impressed by the numbers of this movie. At an estimated budget of $63 million, opening weekend kind of flopped, it only made $27.7 million. But worldwide has came back at $467 million. Like, that's an insane amount of money. Oh, yeah. This movie definitely, like, kept the ball rolling for sci-fi out of the 80s um, into the early 90s and really kicked it into the 2000s. I mean, the, the soundtrack to this, the, the you know, effects, the, the look and everything else, like, started a trend. And there's so many references to The Matrix, even to this day, like, in, in huge lore. The, the, the Office is a huge thing, and their Matrix is referenced in that show several times so it's cool how big this movie got with just such a simple original idea you know i've been thinking about this the whole time mr dixon who would you have wanted to be in your podcast for watching the matrix hands down joe pantaleano i was exactly thinking that what a good character actor and oh man talks about having him on the show but nothing's finalized yet yeah yeah, hope love to have him on. One of my favorite actors, and who could forget his performance on The Sopranos? Oh my gosh, so many great performances. Memento too. I mean, so oh I mean, my gosh, I, so yeah. many great. And I name one, but it's just like there's Baby's Day Out. But you know, <laughs> he was funny in that. <laughs> he was. No, he can do comedy really well. Yeah. He's he's really good. Yeah, he's a nice guy. So. Mr. Dixon, I know we keep saying Mr. Dixon, uh, Thane, see Thane. When did you first see The Matrix and what did you think of it? Believe it or not, I didn't. I first watched The Matrix three years ago because the, the new new movie came out. I was kind of curious about it. I, I'd never seen the first movie because I always heard how horrible The Matrix 2 and 3 were. And so I thought, you know, why get invested into a franchise that the last two movies kind of suck and I'm just going to be disappointed. But, you know, I just sat down, watched the first movie and uh, really enjoyed it. Enough that I was willing to put up with the last two movies. I was kind of curious what was going to happen next, but was disappointed. But yeah, above all, I think the first movie is a good sci-fi action film, and I think it holds up uh, relatively well. Absolutely. I think it holds up really well. I remember, it's funny you say that about the opening weekend and how it kind of, for lack of a better term, flopped. You know, obviously mm -hmm. it grew, but I had seen a trailer and I was like, oh, okay, there's... Keanu Reeves in a sci-fi. It's going to be like Johnny Mnemonic or whatever it was. That was super right. weird. And Lawrence Fishburne. And then there's this girl doing a kick and the camera rotate. What is going on? I wouldn't say I wasn't interested, but it wasn't going to, I wasn't going to like see something that I really wanted to see. Now I can't see what I subbed it out for at opening weekend. Cause I used to go to a movie like every weekend, <laughs> but I remember the Monday after it came out, there were three kids in homeroom. It came out when I was a freshman in high school. I know old, and 
they were like, you have got to see this movie. And then I was like, what's it about? And they were like, unfortunately, no one could be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I saw that in the trailer. But no, they're right. I don't want to say it's really hard to explain the premise of the movie. In fact, I had seen the 13th floor already, which I think a lot of this movie borrowed from. Right. And Ghost in the Shell and Nemesis and, and the, the Invisibles <laughs> comic, too. If right. you look at the Invisibles comic from Grant Morrison, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's it looks like it's just taken right from the page, which is fine. You know, that's what we right. do. There's nothing wrong with lifting ideas as long as you've you know, you're putting your original sense of originality into it, which I think what this film does. I mean, yes, it lifts. It lifts from John Woo. It lifts from Ghost in the Shell. It lifts from, you know, hundreds of sci fi novels that have dealt with the idea of, of a synthetic reality. But it, it puts a unique spin on it. Or, or at least a, a unique enough spin on it. Right. They put simulation Jesus in there, which is really yeah. important. You need that mm-hmm. to, to die for your simulated sins. Important. <laughs> you know, I kind of think that this is where the movie fails is all the religious mumbo jumbo. You know, the first movie is enjoyable enough because you got, you know, the cyberpunk elements, the, the John Woo Hong Kong action style elements, and then you get to the Jesus moments and then you're kind of taken out of it a bit. And, and that's where the sequels fail. They they up the religious aspects of it and then downplayed all the aspects of the first movie we liked a lot. Yeah, it's way too on the nose later on. I will say, you know, going back to like when I saw it for the first time, I was blown away. I saw it with my dad mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone came out of that movie, especially high school, was like, I think I'm a philosophy major. <laughs> and, you know, I, is this real? Oh, do I really feel something? But the, the Matrix has always been one of those sci-fi films that bro dudes go see and think, Oh, this is so intelligent. This is yes. so brainy, and then they, they congratulate themselves for being feeling intelligent. But then you show them, <laughs> you show them Blade Runner, you show them any kind of Philip K. Dick movie, and they just yeah. sit there and think, oh, "I don't, I don't understand this." Right? Where's the <laughs> kung fu? Right, right. The sci-fi elements were really good because that was just carrying the torch. Mm-hmm. What I do think this movie did that was original, obviously the special effects. So I remember Circuit City, long gone. Mm-hmm. When DVD players, <laughs> yeah, Greg, <laughs> Greg paying his respects, uh, <laughs> they had all like these big home theaters with DVD players, and every single one of them at the Circuit City near me would play the Kung Fu scene with Morpheus and Neo. Oh, I remember me. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and couldn't it was escape like, it was, that movie, <laughs> right? You could not escape it because it was the first one to really showcase digital special effects well on right. the digital video disc platform. And I think we talked about the special effects and those still hold up. Those I agree. Yeah. yeah I mean yeah. it's it's awesome and it fits in the world building. Like mm-hmm. at, when I was younger, I didn't question that it was just this dreary drab city and all that stuff. I was like whatever, sweet, it's New York, whatever. But they don't really ever specify to my knowledge where they are because it's not real. Spoiler alert, if you've never seen The Matrix, get on it. (laughs) And, you know, what I like about that now, I'm like, that's all world building. It is supposed to look dreary, drab, generic, because it's just a simulation. And I thought that was really cool. I felt like I'd appreciate that more. Greg, I know you said you saw this movie, obviously, when you were a little bit younger. But what did it mean to you seeing it now as an adult? Well, I mean, because it takes me back memory lane and like how I felt when I was a kid. There was nothing more badass than that Kung Fu scene that you're talking about. Like with Kung him Fu. fighting Morpheus. Like it was so fucking cool. Like, I know Kung Fu. Like, oh, cool, Keanu. I bet you do. Let's see how it goes. 
you know? And like, there was so much about the movie that went well over my head as a kid because I could barely put fucking butter on my Pop-Tart. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing until like a few years ago. So like, you could imagine, I couldn't even make my own grilled cheese, but I'm trying to like process this fucking highly intelligent movie to me at the time now i watch it as an adult now and i see that it is a little like rudimentary when it comes towards a storyline but to me yeah i've never seen ghost in a shell i know the premise of it but i understand that there's similarities between other things for sure do i think it's a ginormous ripoff no but that's just my opinion <laughs> it's more like well i beat you to it type thing too so um I, I highly enjoyed it again. I thought it was very well done. I liked all the characters and all the actors in it. There's not anybody I would have changed in or out of it, especially Keanu Reeves. Like to think the fact that like if Will Smith said yes to this or how much different of a movie would this be? And the answer is a lot, obviously, because in, in, in how much do you think he would he kicked himself like no i'm not going to do this movie because i'm going to do wild wild west instead like that was that should have never like been up for question maybe he just wanted to really badly work with kevin klein but whatever <laughs> it's i just can't see that being a thing and that was never a choice i guess sandy bullock was supposed to actually play trinity instead of carrie ann moth because she glad did you're not... on a nickname basis with sandra bullock I, sandy well, me and sandy Sandy and I, you know, well, it's because of from Schitt's Creek. I get it from Moira. It's hilarious. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, she, she apparently did not want to work with Will Smith. She says later, apparently, that like she would obviously love to have worked again with Keanu because that was like a few years before was Speed. So they would have been reunited again in this Matrix world. And it's so cool because it honestly poses the question like, shit, maybe the Matrix is real. Like, how the fuck would we ever know until our cord is pl plugged, unplugged, right? Like, so. Oh, man. I just, I think, I'm pretty sure the Matrix is not real because I'd be dead. There's no way any robots are getting good energy from my body. Like, it's, they're, they're right. they tap me dry. They're getting gravy and fart dust. That's, that's all they'd be getting from me right now. Like, oh my God, this guy drink Gatorade and gin? Like, what the <laughs> I thought we were supposed to kill this fatty. No, nah, just throw him out the window. Like, <laughs> That's how I want to Biggest plot hole is that they they're feeding all these all this energy off the humans, but yet they're not eating. They're not gaining any energy from sunlight. How? Where's the energy coming from? Well, I thought the humans blotted out the sun, right? Didn't right? Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's no no sunlight. No. Oh, for vitamins. the humans, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm tracking now. I'm tracking. <laughs> I was well, like, and that's why they say like that gruel that they eat is filled full of all the nutrients and everything that you need. Nutrients, nutrients. It's a made-up word that has everything <laughs> combined into it. And yeah, as you say, you splash it in your face like the '90s commercials where it's a splat. Nutrigena. Who the fuck put water in the bathroom like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, when you say it didn't do, did it do anything new or is it rudimentary? I mean, Philip K. Dick. It's kind of hard to make any sci-fi that he didn't already write. <laughs> if you've read five of his stories, you're like, okay, that's all of sci-fi in the movies for the last 30 years. But to the masses, this was a new movie because it combined elements of you know from film and, and sci-fi novels that they weren't familiar with before. Right. And most audiences at this point had never seen, you know, a Hong Kong action film, never seen Ghost in the Shell, never read a lot of sci-fi novels. So it's easy to see why this film was such a huge hit. 
Right. And I give it credit for drawing attention to those things so people could go back and watch them. I mean, I remember watching Hard Boiled after I had seen The Matrix and being like, God, this is awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. And let's not downplay Hugo Weaving either here as the best performance in this entire franchise it's is fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the little personality ticks, the, yes. the way he talks, it's, it's brilliant. Such a menacing. And then he got El Elron like right after this, and you're like watching Lord of the Rings, and you're like, I know you're up to something, Smith. Like the whole time, you're like, I know you're not an elf. Yeah, and nobody else would have been able to play V from V from Vendetta like at all. Hugo oh, Weaving is him. Period. Did so well. That's a different movie, Greg. We're not talking about. <laughs> we just fucking talked about Lord of the Rings. You fuckhole. It was a reference. <laughs> and it was right. Elrond, not Elrond. That's fucking a idiot Messiah. Elrond, yes, dude. I like Lord of the Rings, but the names and shit. Oh, I'll never be able to keep track. Anywho, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about letting my son watch this movie. I'm kind of glad I didn't. How old's um, your son? He's eight. I would wait till he's twelve. It's a bit violent for an eight year old. Right. Well, that's yeah. the thing too. He loves not going to say he loves violence, but he wants to see the action and right. things like that. You know, the Marvel movies and all the PG-13 stuff he can kind of handle. I did let him watch the uh, the Kung Fu scene with Morpheus and Neo. And I was like, dude, you got to check this out. And he was he's not that graphically violent. It's 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 weird when you watch it, because I remember as a kid, you know, your parents tell you, oh, it's too violent. It's so violent. So as a kid, you're imagining this, you know, this big Sam Peckinpah-esque bloodbath. And then you watch it as an adult and there's like very little blood and right. very little gore. <laughs> well, you know, the rating system is super arbitrary. It's like, what, like 13 white old dudes who are like, yeah, R, PG, you know, just <laughs> whatever. But yeah, well, I think this was like because of the cussing like that's the only the cussing and the violence i mean it's there not any cussing in this film i don't i don't remember they say shit a lot dude yeah so i'm literally just pulling it up the the prof the profanity counter there's oh nice the shit six hell five dams three asses and one dick and a partridge in a pear tree crap. there's no f-bomb in the movie i guess except for in one of the songs in the end credits there's a fuck but like yeah it was rage against that? the machine of course there was right like this this was before marvel movies nobody was staying for the credits i don't know why you have to rate the credits but whatever they got to be thorough they got to prove their worth as a profanity expert we're watching this film today because think about it, this movie was released like two months after columbine yeah and it's got a you know the movie has these people in trench coats shooting up the place if this was you know if that happened today and this movie came out today they would have delayed the film. They would have recut it. They would have been so afraid. But, you know, Warner Brothers back then had the balls to say, okay, you know, we're going to release the movie anyway. Right. And it was like the trench coat mafia was always talked about after Columbine because, you know, they right. wore trench coats and you know, shot people and stuff like that. And that's what Neo and Trinity are right when they walk into that lobby scene. And speaking of scenes, let's talk about our favorite scenes. Oh, I like that sexy segue you just did. I still got it, Greg. <laughs> Let's start with our guest, Mr. C. Thane Dixon. What was your favorite scene and why? That scene in the hallway I is my favorite scene in all the Matrix movies. I think it's one of the few Hollywood action scenes in the, that I can think of within the past 20 years that perfectly replicates the feel of a Hong Kong action film. 
you know, a lot of times you watch Hollywood films and you watch Hong Kong films and, you know, you realize that the Hollywood films aren't as creative or as energized as to say the Hong Kong films, but this scene really, you know, replicates that feeling perfectly. Yeah. And I also agree. the way it's edited. I mean, it's clear. You, you know where the characters are. You, you know, the problem with movies today is, is that they, they edit it so fast. You shoot it in some, in such a creatively limited way that you really can't tell what's going on. And it just takes you right out of the film, but. Agreed. I think this scene, this, this that scene is a masterclass on on editing act and filming action. Yeah, I remember loving that scene so much. The combat just was unreal, and how you're right the the way they put you into the scene makes you feel like you're really there. And then a few years, uh, not a few years, I guess it was like mid to late 2000s. The Born Identity movies came out, and these are they're so choppy. You don't know what's going right. on. And I know that's what they're going for, like disorientation, but it's not enjoyable as an audience member to watch. So great. I watched Taken 3 recently, and it's the worst example of, of that shoddy, quick editing, shaky cam I've, I've ever seen in a movie. You, you, you can't understand what's going on half the time. Johnny, yeah. what's, what was your favorite scene, though? So, you know, you don't have to be a weirdo. <laughs> My favorite scene. It's hard to beat the combat in the lobby scene. But I'm going to pick the Kung Fu training scene, not just because I got to share that with my son, the nostalgic feeling of walking into Circuit City and everyone's playing it, obviously. But I think that's just a cool moment because every kid wants to know martial arts and the fact that you can just upload that knowledge into your head and then just start, you know, running up the wall, doing flips, punch. It's just so well done. And I think it's a great character development scene for Neo. Because he has the kung fu knowledge, he has the martial arts knowledge, and it's not enough. You have you can't just have the knowledge, and that's a big part of the whole message of the movie, right? Is there's got to be a belief, there's got to be a faith element in yourself in order to achieve that hero status that mm -hmm. Morpheus believes in you. I thought that was really cool. So we have the hero's journey. Well, ironically, before this, they have the training montage, so to speak, training which is just Tank, you know, uploading more martial arts training him and it's just like showing the, the late 90s, you know, robotic movement. But I love every aspect of the training of Neo and uh, his growth as a character. So that would be my favorite scene. Your turn, I, Greg. It's hard to, because you guys picked the two that are very great. You can share. No, you know, honestly, I think it would be Cypher chewing loud as fuck on that juicy ass <laughs> steak was my favorite scene. ASMR. Um, no, it has to be, obviously, those two scenes are great, but the actual fruition of everything, you know, after he's been shot and you think Neo's dead, then he gets up, like, it stops the bullets the way that he does, because it just really says, like, when you know, you won't have to dodge bullets. Like, I loved that they planted that seed, and now all of a sudden you can just stop it, and it was it was great and then you see all the agents and everything you can see them in code that was definitely a fucking baller ass scene that's like goosebumps at some points so and, and then it leads to like oh shit like great they're gonna make more of these you know that was the original thought not the oh great they made another one of these like <laughs> <laughs> which by the third one is what we were saying i'm gonna go back around the horn again bane what was what would you rate this movie out of 10 i guess i would rate it a seven out of ten I don't think it's the greatest sci-fi movie ever, ever made, but I think based on the you know, eye, eye candy aspect of the film, I, I think it's very well done. Very much watchable for that aspect. Fair. 
Very fair. I think it's much better than most action films made today. I mean, you compare The Matrix to whatever piece of crap Marvel puts out now. Uh, the Matrix <laughs> is a far superior film. See Thane Dixon out here making friends with one of the biggest movie studios of all time. <laughs> Kevin Feige, if you're listening, please. Quality over quantity. Let's do it I, the old way. <laughs> I just want to say that the opinions of C. Thane Dixon do not represent all of us here at Roll Film. And if you would ever like us to work with you, Marvel, please. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, just don't fucking put me in Eternals 2 because the first one fucking sucked ass. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm the only one here. Just make me MODOK 2, please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you look like I, MODOK. I nice. <laughs> nice. Which the MODOK Hulu show was really funny. It was okay. It was just lazy robot chicken yeah funny <laughs> uh yes my rating greg sure i'll give it to you oh you heard me say that that's weird. yeah john well, i think we're so connected this? that i can read your mind i give this one an eight out of ten you know if you would have asked freshman john in high school be like 10 out of 10 most deep philosophical movie ever you know grow up but i did grow up <laughs> And I, I think it does tell a great story. It borrows all the right things from other people. And it did so much for the special effects world, for just the action scenes. And we, we got a, a lot of good action after that. Kind of get cookie cutter stuff these days. Although it is cool that, you know, Keanu helped rein this in. And then he also did the John Wick movies, which I do enjoy the combat style of those. I've never seen them. I'll have to watch them. You'll have to. And, and he's just a, he's just a great actor and he, he could do action really well. So solid eight out of 10 for me. Greg, take us home. I agree with you, John. But at the same time, I think that all the actors were so great in it, too. We talked about Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, like literally everybody in this was great. Um I would give it a 9 out of 10 because they all did such a great job and the special effects were so good and at the time they were groundbreaking-ish. I couldn't go any lower than that or else it would be just unfair and me being a totally biased person like I normally am anyway, but <laughs> so <laughs> definitely give it a 9. Fair enough. All right. Well, that'll do it for The Matrix here. Mr. C. Thane Dixon, thanks so much for joining us. One more final plug for What a Character. Go ahead. Yeah, you can catch What a Character on Spotify, iTunes. You can also watch it on uh, the What a Character YouTube channel. Please follow, like us, and subscribe to us on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Basically, I'm on every social media account out there. So, yeah, check the show out. You're a film geek, cinephile. You'll, you'll definitely enjoy the show. Awesome. And I'll put links to everything we discussed here below in the description. Thanks so much for joining us here at Roll Film for Sci-Fi Month. Oh, it was great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh. Yeah, no worries. I'm excited also to start listening. I think it's a great yes. concept, buddy. Very excited You'll, for what I really care. enjoy it, I swear. <laughs> and if we More don't, else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, please, everyone, go check out What a Character. Please support all the friends here at Roll Film, and we will see you next time. And we're going to roll up our sleeves and now end the show. We don't have a catchphrase yet. Sorry. Oh, it's uh, No, this is our catchphrase. This is it. I try to make something up and it's bad. It's also how I, you know, made two children. Anyway, we're going to leave. Have a great day and bye. Bye. Bye-bye.